Be alright. My name's Paul. I've got autism. And I make random videos based on my version of autism, the way my head works. And I stick the videos on the internet in case you want to watch them. And my friends, this is another butterfly effect video. Um, and someone did email asking what the butterfly effect even means. Um, it's just one of those silly analogies that if a butterfly flaps its wings on the east coast, then you're going to get a tornado on the west coast. You know, nothing is nothing is for nothing. There'll always be a consequence to an action, is what it means. And I started the butterfly effect videos because I had a workplace assessment for autism that went horribly wrong. It wasn't designed for me. It didn't work for me. And I ended up going off work with stress. I was off for three months. I've gone back to work. And I, I basically did it to, to uh, do a sort of chronicle of how things feel, how, how it makes you feel, how things are just not right, how things are not nice, how people don't understand, how it just makes you feel. The important thing is how you feel. So this is a, another video because something else has happened. I mean, the, the day I'm filming this is April Fool's Day, but it's like, you know, quarter past 10 in the evening. Um, this is not an April Fool's. Um, I don't mess about with all that. But I've just come back in from a big walk with the dog, even though my knee is knackered. I still don't know what's wrong with it. Um, you know, I've thrown up some videos for the weekend, uh, the three questions ones, which I thought would have been a good idea once and I never got around to doing any more. So I finally did some more and stuck them up. So they're on this weekend. So this video will be on maybe next weekend. I've no idea. I'm not good at this. So I basically wanted to do a follow on because I think it's important to tell stories. Um, so. I might as well just come out with it, my friends. It's been Neurodiversity Week. It's, you know, hitting Autism Awareness Month, week, wherever you are in the world. It's different times, different dates. And I have handed my notice in at work. There we go. Because I just can't do it anymore. And the thing is, when you tell people things like that, they instantly go down the route of, what do you mean you can't handle it anymore? You can't do your job or you're mentally not capable of keeping up with the pace. That's not the case at all. And I now I've handed the notice in, I want to tell you what I asked for in my autism workplace assessment and how I haven't got it. And when you really look at it on paper, I just wanted consideration. I wasn't asking people to move heaven and earth. I wasn't asking to stay in expensive, extravagant hotels. I wasn't saying I couldn't work away as often as I do and stay away as often as I do where nobody else in the team does it. I wasn't saying I can't do that because I need time to recharge. I did everything I could to maintain the average of what everybody else was doing plus a bit more. So I was giving with one hand and they were taking but they never gave back. And I've waited patiently. And they still haven't given anything back. So I made the decision on Wednesday evening to 
And my noticing today on Friday, so half past eight came around in the morning. I had the resignation typed from a personal computer. I sent it to the work computer and I, I emailed my manager who is on holiday. <laughs> um, but he's on holiday for about a month, so I'm not waiting a month. Um, and then I emailed the health and safety manager as well, copied them both in and just said, please find attached. And it was notice of resignation. And it was really straightforward. It was really plain. It just said, um, this is my official notice of resignation. Um, I will work to the expected notice period of one month. My final day will be the 29th of April. And then underneath, I just put, it's time for me to move on. Kind regards, me. And it's a shame. It is a shame because I came to this company with one plan. And that plan was to make a difference. Now, they'd never had fire, never in-house. In they'd always external, always had external uh, consultants, clients, whatever you want to call them, who came in and did fire for this company. And I walked through the door and it was I've never seen a company in more of a mess. And I'm not having a go at the company. I'm telling you the truth. And I've never found a company in more of a mess in fire than I did when I walked through the door. And I put my heart, my soul, my everything, because I'm passionate about what I do. I put it all in to the workplace. I, I, I did things well above and beyond what I was meant to do. And instead of it being appreciated, it became expected. People were taking credit for things I was doing, and it just wasn't the best design, to be honest. It, was, it just didn't work well for me, and that's where the butterfly effect videos came in because I, I had reached boiling point. I was at burnout, meltdown, everything all at once. It all started, you know, there was never, there was never the hill to just get over the other side. It was always just a bit more, just a bit more, just a bit more, just a bit more. And I just couldn't get to the top. But I always tried. And then the new boss came in, the head of, the E came in. And when he came through the door, that's when I asked for the workplace autism assessment. Because it was like, look, you're new. You don't know what I've done. I don't know who you are. There's so much still you know, going on. So we need to basically do this autism workplace risk assessment to take the chaos and create the calm. That's what I believe everybody should do with people who have autistic employees you should there should never be chaos there should always be calm there should always be a plan a logical thing there if somebody if it's in somebody's head share it don't keep it to yourself because like people like me especially like me change is difficult i'm not saying i can't change of course i can change but there has to be a logical reason to it and the ease of logic to come is by explaining it to me but sometimes things change because management have made decisions and they don't involve the team. And then one day it's just, by the way, this is happening. And you're like, what do you mean? What? what are you? This is out the blue. And to them, it's not because they've had it in the head and in the work for eight months and you're getting it thrown on you in eight seconds. And it just, it just wasn't, wasn't going well. Um, so when the workplace autism assessment failed, which I've done videos on, you know, that wasn't good. Um, I also wasn't getting reprieve from the things I was being dragged into. And I went off because I needed something to change. And because nobody was changing, nobody was taking charge, no one was taking the lead, 
still a lot of slopey shoulders, still no trigger pulling. Everybody was relying on me still. So that's why I came away. You know, it was bothering me. I won't deny that. You know, I, I really started getting down when I was off because I realized how how many wheels had been, you know, trying to keep in motion. Um, but I needed time to pass. So things that kept coming to me would now go to someone else. And I could lose that all those pieces because they weren't part of my job. They really weren't. You know, I'm not a fire engineer. I know fire engineering, but that means I know how to read a fire strategy document. I know how to find errors. I know how to assess a fire strategy document versus the the from the from design to how it's built, find discrepancies. And you know, that that's more my standard. You know, I can tell you what alarm system you need versus the occupancy type. That's not a problem, but it's it's it wasn't my job at all. I was there to do fire risk assessments, not fire strategies or discrepancies in strategies or amend building types. That, that is not my job. Give me another 20 grand a year and I'll take it on because they get paid 20 grand a year more than I do. But don't think I'm going to do it as well as my day job. So I needed to lose things like that. And it just never happened. So like I say, I went off, I came back, and on the 10th of January, I came back, I spoke to my boss, told him that there's, you know, there's still no movement, I still need things sorting, I still need to get my reasonable adjustments, which I'm allowed under the Equality Act, I'm allowed that, you know, and the company sing their praises, song and dance about being all accepting of all things, celebrating neurodiversity week, bringing in police detective with autism to talk about what it's like to work with autism in a professional role. But don't look at me, mate. I only work for you. I'd have been happy to do that. It's not like I don't know how to sit in front of a camera and talk, is it? And it just shows how tokenistic it was. And when I see that and I'm suffering and I'm not getting given anything they're boasting about, it just grinds on me. And it affects me and it brings me down. And who can you talk to about it? No one. No one at all. And it just, you know, like I said, 10th of January, I went back to work. I've had two talks with two different people in HR alongside my boss. The first time wasn't any good. The second time was good. And we basically created bullet points of what I think I would need as a bare minimum to make me feel a little bit easier to move forward and stay in employment with the company. And it's been over a month since the last time. So, you know, today is the 1st of April. I spoke to them first on the 10th of January. I shouldn't have to wait all that time. Within that time period, people have created a plan of what they want to do for the next year, two years, three years within health and safety. I was just thrown to the new fire manager with no rhyme, reason, explanation, strategy, nothing. It was just, you're going to work under him. Uh, I kind of need a bit of what what's changing. Is anything changing? Is, is the team being split? Who else is coming over? Is it just me? I don't understand what's happening. You know, And I told him, I need forewarning. I need an explanation. I need to 
you know, just sit down and talk to me. You're a human. I'm a human. If you want something explaining to you, you would ask the same. But because it's employer employee, it means you can talk to me a bit differently. Leave me out. No, we're still human. Treat me with a bit of respect. And guess what? You might get some back. So I didn't appreciate that because he'd completely gone against what I had said and what he had said, what he had basically promised that he would do. And all I asked for, and let you, you be the judge, please be the judge. You tell me if I'm asking for too much. I wanted as my main thing, I wanted my job description given to me. So I'm employed to do a job. I wanted my job description as it currently sits, currently stands, currently presents. I wanted that on paper, black and white, given to me so I could go through it line by line with my manager to say, is this my job? Are we sure this is the role? You know, why am I looking at this when this is a speciality of a building expert? Why am I doing that when this is, comes under learning and development? You know, just so I, not, not to push jobs off, but to gain clarity over why I would do what I would do. But the job has ever changed and it just forever changes. And every time you have a team meeting, you get given another responsibility and you're like, well, I need some structure around this. I can't always feel like I'm on the outskirts of my own job because I never know what I'm doing from one day to the next. So my main ask, my main ask was, can you tell me what my job is? But the company, because they're all inclusive of all things, they write job descriptions in a funny way. So they kind of tell you that, you know, you're working a part of a dynamic team with a very personable manager. They're looking for people who will fit that mold. And it's like, I'm not interested in your personality. I'm interested if you could do the job or not. I've said it a thousand times. I'd employ Wombles if they could do the job. It doesn't matter. I'm not there to be your best mate. I don't want to come to your house at Christmas. I just want you to do the job you're employed to do. And I want you to be happy. I want you to be happy so you stay. I want you to stay because I want you to be able to do the job, be knowledgeable, be a point of contact for people and help us move forward. But I wasn't given something you would expect should be readily available. And that is, what is my job? And from the 10th of January to the 1st of April, no one could present me my job. And why did I go off? Because I didn't know my job. I was being sent from pillar to post here, there, everywhere. Three months I was off. And the main reason I was off, I told them. And the main reason I was off, I told them upon my return. And today, the day I've handed my notice in is the same reason. There's a thousand other smaller reasons, but the primary reason is I still don't know what my job is almost two years later. No, I found something today. It says I've worked 1.81 years at the company. <laughs> um, however, that's figured out. How can you not tell someone the job? I've, it's really, really caused a problem with me, and it was causing a problem. But that was the primary. The other reasons was I wanted documenting things that were verbally agreed, because the problem with verbal agreements is if that boss leaves, I've got to do it all over again. I've got to talk to new management. I've got to talk to new supervisors. 
if we get a new director and he disagrees with the manager about what is agreed with me, then he can go back on it or she can go back on it or whoever can go back on it. I don't go to London because if I'm not going to go somewhere personally, I'm certainly not doing it for work. You know, and I've said it a thousand times. I turned down a quarter of a million pound a year job if it meant I had to work in London. I'm autistic. I'm allowed obstacles. One of them is London. You know, if you live there and you love it, great. I'm not having a go at you and I'm not saying anybody should think the way I do, but that's just one of my quirks. There'll be autistic people out there who despise Manchester. I'm fine with that. It doesn't matter. It's just a quirk, not a personal offence, you know. I also wanted documented that I'm not going to join team meetings and do a quiz or an icebreaker or whatever you want to call them. Um, like, and, and it failed this week. We had a meet, oh no, last week, we, we had a meeting with two people from another department who were talking about this new, new system that we're going to use that is full of holes. Now, if you're designing a building, you should never be able to get to the next stage of sign-off unless you can present every single piece of evidence and that should be uploaded. You sh it should then ask you a question basically saying, I, I acknowledge and accept all responsibility that I, I have uploaded you know, all relevant documents as noted in the template. And you could have them all listed. Tick, next. But it doesn't have anything mandatory on it. So people just miss out loads of things and loads of the buildings don't have fire strategies for them. You're like, why? Why would this building that has over 55 specialized houses, why is there no fire strategy? Oh, that's because it's a, it's a ground plus one. You don't need to do a fire strategy for a building that's just ground floor and first floor. Uh, yes, you do. If there's complex layout, complex need, I still want one. Don't just think it's that simple. Um, and you find that the entire folder is missing off buildings that are like, we're open in November and you go back and there's a thousand things wrong. And then everybody attacks you because you've raised it rather than thanks you for finding it. Ugh, drives you mad. But what I'm getting at <laughs> is, um, and obviously it's just an offload. I like to share. I like to show the vulnerabilities <clears throat> that when it messes your head up. And we had these two people join the meeting and it's known that I don't do icebreakers, I don't do quiz, I'm, I'm literally there for work and just the work. I don't want to play the game, I don't want to pretend I'm friends with everyone. You know, and you, Please know I'm not hostile, I'm not rude, I'm t I talk to people as I'm talking to you. I'd like to think we're all just already at a level of understanding. I'm not trying to peacock or show off, I don't expect you to. It's just, you be a normal person, I'll be as normal as I possibly can be for you, and we'll crack on. But this, you know, it came round and it was like, right, we've got these two people going to explain this, this new software. And uh, if we can go around the room and introduce yourselves, it's like, oh, no. My name is on the screen because I'm on Teams. There's my face. The only people who are in this room are the people who are in the fire and health and safety team. Figure it out. <laughs> So I had to wait then for my name to be called and that just stirred up a load of anxiety. And it was like, I just, we've talked about this, but it's not documented. So I can't now go back. I couldn't have basically just logged out. And then when he says, why didn't you say your name? I could have presented that piece of paper that he would have agreed to and said, well, see, we've had this conversation. This causes me a lot of problems. Something as small and as simple as, as that for you is a huge towering obstacle for me. 
but it wasn't documented. There was also talk about a team away day where we'll all meet up and pretend we're friends and go canoeing. I, I don't know what it was. I'm just being very sarcastic now. But my point is, where was the documentation again over something we had agreed? You know, and simple things as well. I have, I have other simple things where if I'm doing an overnight, I can't stay in a bed and breakfast. I can't stay in a guest house. I can't stay in hostels. Um, it's got to have parking. Always has to have parking because that's one of my stresses uh, where I, I absolutely need to know where my parking is. Even if it's pay and display, I don't care, but I need parking. And a lot of uh, places in England uh, need disc parking. They'll have uh, zoned parking, all these other things that I don't have. So I always need parking. Now, that's fine. And I'm willing to always take on my differences, I'm willing to go, okay, I'm not staying in a guest house. I'll find my accommodation and let you know because it has to be a hotel. Something simple like the Premier Inn. I'm not asking for the Hilton. I'm asking for the Premier Inn. You know, you hit the mark by letting me there. But I can't stay in bed and breakfast. Why? Because the personal. I stayed in a bed and breakfast once in, in a company I used to work for. I was the only guest. The guy came and knocked on the door because he'd not heard me moving around. Leave me alone. Try to rest. Uh, and then in the morning, like, I don't like the fact you've got to write your breakfast out. You've got to give them the form back in, in the, the night before. It's like, I don't know what I want to eat tomorrow, today. For me breakfast, I don't know how I feel when I'll wake up. I don't know if I want to get out of bed for breakfast. I'd rather. <laughs> I understand the whole point of the bed and breakfast, but it doesn't work for me. And then when I'd actually stayed at one of them and it came to breakfast time and I'd give the menu uh, my selection the night before, the guy comes out, he's got his apron on and he's like, there you go, mate, there's your breakfast. Thank you very much. Start eating it. He doesn't go in the kitchen. He sits down and starts talking to me. Oh, where are you from then? What are you up to today? What sort of work are you in? It's like, mate, trying to eat. You know, I can't eat in front of people I don't know, so I ended up like having to try and force it down because I didn't want to upset or offend him for leaving it when there's no one else there. <laughs> it just created this massive problem, and it's like, right, the more involvement I can have with people, I need to avoid it. So I need nameless, faceless people in a nameless, faceless hotel. So it might sound like a lot, but... Like I say, a small recap. I just wanted my job description, the thing you would put up, put out into advertising a job. So basically, I've resigned now. They're going to advertise my job. What you put in a paper, that's all I wanted, you know? Unless they go down the route of making it fun, happy, shiny, and friendly, and then we still won't know what my job was. You know, so that's all I wanted. And, I, and then the little quirks was... Having it documented that I don't go to London, I don't do quizzes, I don't do icebreakers, I don't do team dayaways. I'd do a team day away if it was all about work. <laughs> just nothing personable, you know, and then just making sure my overnights is it's hotel or it's I'm not going, we'll wait till the hotel's free. Or buy me a camper van, whatever, I'm not bothered. But I think they're really simple. One of them is my job. The other ones are, you know, very minor acknowledgements and the thing about a reasonable adjustment is it has to be reasonable for the adjustment so it shouldn't affect other people 
in the form of in a detrimental way when it's work related. So it shouldn't increase other people's work. It shouldn't ask them to work on days they wouldn't normally work to cover you and your work. It shouldn't do that. That's that's not reasonable. But wanting to know my job, reasonable. Not traveling to London when I live in the Northwest, not the Southeast, reasonable. Not doing a quiz for a team meeting, reasonable. Because it tell me about work. You know, not doing an icebreaker. Reasonable. Tell me about work. Not doing team dayaways. Reasonable. Because I'd rather go and do my job than pretend we're all friends. And where I stay, there's plenty of them. You know, that's reasonable too. They're, none of them affect anyone. And it was all I asked for. And I've waited and waited and waited and didn't get it. So, you know, one of the very first things that was asked when I'd put my notice in was, so where are you off then? Where are you going to work? And the answer? Nowhere. Nowhere. I spoke to someone, and I might have shared this story, I spoke to someone a couple of weeks ago who um, basically said that their, oh, I can't get it right now because it was a couple of weeks ago, my mind's rubbish, but basically something like their brother-in-law or their sister's boyfriend, what was keeping him in work was the fact that he earned a certain amount of money. He was miserable. He was unhappy. He was sad, like me. <laughs> um, but what stopped him going anywhere was the fact that he couldn't meet his salary. So he stayed and he became more miserable and more sad. And that's what I was doing. I was staying. But this guy left work. And let's say his £30,000 a year instantly became £0 a year. He then accepted a job for about £6,000 less than what he was on. But at the time he accepted it, he was on zero. So he's actually earning money. And I thought that's a much better way of looking at it. You know, the fact that you are willing to stay miserable, sad, and what have you, because you are expecting a certain amount of money to come in. But for this guy to be able to take, say, £6,000, £8,000 less than he was earning, he obviously didn't need that amount of money. He just became accustomed to it. And I thought, even though that's not me, <laughs> I am staying because I'm earning money. But I know when I'm not employed, and this is not being big-headed at all, I promise you it isn't, but I know when I'm out of work and I can be employed tomorrow, I know I'll get a job. I've forcefully told myself you're going to get employed because what you are doing to get employment there, there literally isn't anything else you can do you know i've joined all the job sites i've spruced my cv up i've said that i'm open to work on linkedin i've done absolutely everything and now i'm being phone called you know it's been a couple of weeks and you know the phone calls are coming in and these interviews you know left right and center are all being lined up so i don't really have to fear it just the money's a bit different, but if I can sacrifice sadness, confusion, anxiety, stress, like every Monday morning waiting for the Microsoft Outlook Exchange to load up on the computer, I am riddled with anxiety. I lose sleep on Sunday nights because I'm anxious to see what damage is in these emails. If I can lose that and the consequences I have to lose money, so what? I would rather have contentment, smiles, you know, a bit of uh, to be able to sleep, to smile more, to feel a bit more energetic, 
I'd sacrifice money for that. Of course I would. What's money if you're going to put yourself in an early grave? Nothing. You know, and I, I, I have to change things for me because I've put on more weight than I've put on for a hell of a long time. I've got no interest in, you know, sorting it out and things like that. You know, but now I've put the notice in. I feel like the shackles have come off. And I feel a bit freer. I feel a bit better. And I do feel gutted that I have to leave because yet again, I haven't been considered on the smallest level when I could demand a lot more for autism. But I feel free. And my boss emailed me back and just said, I'll phone you when I'm back off my holiday. Uh, good luck. Thanks for everything. The other guy who's the manager, he phoned me and said he knew I was leaving anyway. He just didn't know when, but he has gutted him going. And it's, you know, for the phone call, the guy, you know, it's nice to know that, um, you know, and I told the admin and she's gutted I'm going as well. So that's nice to know I'm going, but I did have to ask, please don't do a whip round. Please don't get a card. Don't do anything like that. I know not that I'm not that they would, but, you know, just make sure you don't do things like that because it puts me in the center of attention and that's where I don't want to be. So I don't let you know when my birthday is, you know. So there we go. Um, as of the 29th of April, I will be unemployed because I've made a stand that for things to change, you've got to be the one who makes them change. And I'm not going to be miserable and unhappy so people above my station can earn more money and get bonuses off my work ethic. But anyway, thanks for watching. And until next time, keep smiling.